Hello, everybody. My name is Daquan, and welcome back to the Quixotic Topic. Today, I'm joined by Dudo, and today's topic is music. And so, Dudo, when you came to me and you wanted to talk about music, what specifically were you talking about? Uh, mostly hip hop, you know, R&B. The like, main genres I listen to. I mean, I listen to a lot of like rock, pop, but like it's mainly hip hop and R&B. Yeah, definitely. I would say that my music taste is a bit more eclectic. <laughs> I listen to a lot of EDM and um, I do listen to hip hop and R&B, but not as much as I would guess the average Joe. <laughs> Seeing as that it definitely has a major, it's a major fixture in pop culture um, nowadays. So how would you say the hip hop and rap genre is faring right now? Do you think it's... Uh, I think it's uh, better than it's ever been, honestly. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of people, like, a lot of old hits, as I like to call them, mm-hmm. you know, will like to tell you that I'd say that it's not really too good. You know, the little, the little rappers like Lil Pump, um, all the mumble, mumble rappers, like they call it, but they'll say that hip hop's dead, but in my opinion, it's best it's ever been. You know, there's a lot of variety, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. more so as there was in the 90s or the 80s, when 90s was just like NWA, Wu-Tang, you know, it's a specific type of hip hop, like lyrical. But nowadays, you have the lyrical, like Kendrick Lamar, you got J. Cole, mm-hmm. right. got all these other underground rappers under there too. They can they can rap, and then on top of that, you got the the little pumps, all them types that you know maybe you're not feeling like listening to some lyrical Negro spirituals. Like you want to listen to some stuff that's gonna turn up. Like you want to go in the club and listen to something that's gonna get you hyped. So okay, well there's a lot to dissect there. So. Um, I guess the first thing I'll look at is the concept of like an old head. So is that just from your definition? That's someone who respects older um, tracks from rap and hip hop more than the newer stuff that's out. Yeah. Okay. And so when it comes to, and then you also said that like hip hop back then was mainly dominated by lyricism, mm-hmm. uh, given acts like the Wu Tang Clan, and now. Um, there's it's a bit more diverse yeah so what do you think spawned that diversity i want to say um guys like Kanye west um 50 cent uh outcast you know they 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 shifted it they've they're some of the most influential uh artists of our time right they've um made it so like kanye it he transitioned hip-hop from where it was where at the time being, it was more, it was lyrical, but it was more like, oh, I got the hardest, I got the biggest guns, I got the nicest bulletproof, I got the <laughs> nicest vest, I got the nicest clothes, I got the nicest car. Mm-hmm. He he made it so it's more like, let's talk about our feelings, you know? Right. Let's talk about how we actually feel, be actually conscious, like, you know, express your emotions more. And that, from there, transitioned to Kanye once again, influencing, he made the album called 808s and Heartbreak, came out in 2007, no, 2008. Right. And this album was like nothing that hip hop's ever seen before, you know. They're used in the name, you know, 808s. And uh, it's uh, like a drum type. Um, like a type and, of sample? Yeah. And it's it's used a lot nowadays in hip hop, as in like, you'll hear like, um, in a lot of hip new track, like tracks in the trap, like boom, boom, all that, like the hard bass. It's like an 808. That's not 808. Yeah. Right, right. So that was mainly originated from 808s and Heartbreak. I mean, it was always it always been a thing, but it wasn't really using hip-hop as much. Someone like Kanye West came along, 808s and Heartbreak, 
implemented it into his music, and now it's being used almost everywhere. So like, that's part of those some big reasons why we see hip hop as it is today. But um, so you think that Kanye was pretty much like the spearhead? He's just the spearhead. Like he was the one driving it. Yeah, he's a big driving force in the whole thing. Uh, you know, guys like Fifty Cent, they also they helped as well. Outkast also, you know, to want to talk about their emotions more. But I would say Kanye West is the number one. And I, I, I do have bias in that. He is my favorite rapper of all time, but there you go. I mean, How long have you been listening to Kanye? Just as long as you've been listening to music? Or? Um, I'd say I've been listening to Kanye since fifth grade. Mm-hmm. Um, I was like 2013. Uh, I've, been, I've been listening to music since I was a kid. My parents, um, my mom especially, like a lot of R&B old school, Voice to Man, Erica Badu, all that type of stuff. Right. So I listened to a lot of R and B growing up. Um, I didn't really listen to rap. I wasn't exposed to rap until I like I think fourth grade. And even then I only listened to like Lil Wayne. Um, I love Lil Wayne. I still do. Right. But I loved him a lot back then. And uh, I think fifth grade I found Kanye West and it's just It was history. It's, it's, history. Just, it's just I found love with that stuff. Man. I absolutely loved it. So when it comes to Kanye's, I guess, like power in the sense that, like, he was uh, in in your book at least, he was the one orchestrating all of this. Um, I think it's interesting the paradigm that old heads I, would the opposite side be called new heads then, um, or are they just just they're just called? I think not really. There's not really a name for people that listen to newer stuff, but like it's kind of weird. Why isn't there a name for that? I guess old heads more of a derogatory term. Uh-huh. Like it's more of an insult than it is a, like a good thing to be called. Like. And old head to me is just someone who, was, who prefers older music, but in culture, in the culture that is today, old head can be seen as guys just stuck in the past, mm-hmm. always telling the young folks, you know, the typical old guy, like waving his stick, oh man, but you young boys, you know, stuff like yeah, that. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, okay. So it's like a, a geezer, pretty much. Yeah, like things they a know. Boomer. <laughs> He's a boomer. <laughs> a boomer. Yeah. Um, so when it comes to, I guess, comparing, I think. I can't say this with authority, of course, because I'm not uh, an old head per se, but I think one of the main driving arguments is that um, rap has been commercialized in a sense, where it's like there's there's been an increase in a money motive in the sense that people are purely entering the genre of rap to make money because it's profitable. Yeah. And like, they're not wrong. When, not you, when you look at the numbers, for example, like there are people who are making millions simply like off of this one genre alone. Um, I think that old heads kind of want a return to the sanctity of rap, (laughs) if that makes sense. And this is like, I remember when rap was, because I guess in some ways, if you take the money motive out Mm -hmm. and like you, you look at the older, older music as a genuine, just like people were just rhythm and poetry. That's what rap stands for. Like, Would you say that that in itself was kind of an expression of feeling? I mean, their, arg- their argument makes sense. Mm-hmm. Uh, it really does, because nowadays you see, like, um, even when artists produce, put out songs, like albums, they'll, they'll overload it with tracks that they've made, like, years ago, or, like, they'll put, like, 20, 30 tracks on their album just so they can up the streaming numbers and get mm-hmm. more money, you know? And I can understand that someone would feel that it makes it feel less genuine. Like, it's more just commercialized and just trying to get the money. Mm-hmm. It's understandable. A lot, of people, a lot of these guys come from, like, harsher upbringings. Like, you know, um, some in particular would be, like, the Atlanta Tramps. Mm-hmm. Like, 
all these guys are from terrible, pretty bad neighborhoods growing up. They've seen some pretty bad things. And they saw rap as their only way out. Because, you know, there's another way out, but it's not exactly a good thing. It's not, it's like selling drugs. Yeah. You wouldn't want to do that. It's, right. it's, it's looked down upon in society. Exactly. So, though they've turned to rap, of course they're going to want to see more money. They're going to want to buy all the, the nicest bags, the nicest clothes. They want to have the, the, the big cars, the nice stuff, everything. <laughs> but I feel like the motive, that motive has been around for a long time. I feel like guys like uh, Wu-Tang Clan, um, if, you, if you like study their upbringing, they were, they were definitely in it for some money as well. Like um, they started out so, you know, selling drugs, like a lot of a lot of rappers do, did start out selling drugs with Jay-Z, Pusha T. They did that as well. They realized, hey man, maybe this selling drugs isn't exactly the best thing for us. You know, maybe it's not exactly what's gonna help us in the long run. You know, a lot of us getting arrested, getting in jail, putting in jail out, you know, maybe it's not the best thing for us. Uh-huh. And so they, they changed to something that's a bit more exactly. like literally something that is more commercial. Exactly. I don't think that's a word. <laughs> um, but you see what I mean? Like something that it, they can put on the market that's safe, that's legal. Yeah. Um, and I guess the target audience, um, do you think the target audience has shifted throughout the years? It definitely has. Um, before, you know, it was definitely towards more of a, the black population. You know, it was... okay. The way they were telling their story, it's more something that black people can relate to. Like, yeah, could emphasize with. Exactly. So, like nowadays, I mean, to commercialize, you gotta you gotta adapt. You gotta know to who you're who you're selling to. Mm-hmm. Someone like Drake isn't gonna start talking about his like. It's hard to explain, but like, you know that the population of America is mostly white. Mm-hmm. You know that's mostly who's buying your music. It's. Okay. Nowadays, that is mostly used by the music. You know, the white population, you're not going to have, you can't just appeal to only black people who grew up, who struggled. There's black people who didn't struggle. Like, okay. a lot of black people that grew up in a nice neighborhood, they're, they're fine. They still listen to rap music because there's still stuff they can relate to. Stuff back then, you know, it's difficult to relate to that stuff, you know? Not everyone grew up slinging, slinging dope and selling drugs, like... It's just not something that everyone grew up with, so not everyone's gonna relate to it. But nowadays, you see guys like Drake talking about uh, feelings about a girl. Okay. Uh, feelings like just so things that people can relate to more. If, if we follow that path of logic, then it would seem that uh, rap, rhythm, and poetry was a very like ethnic or like racially tied thing in the sense that like it was something that was made by predominantly African Americans for African Americans, and so. Since when that evolves, um, when like now not only are African Americans listening to it, now like what exactly do you do? And, and that is why we have like a bit more diverse in terms of color. We have like white rappers, we have um, Latin rappers, we have rappers of all um, ethnic identities. And so now, would you, I guess it would make sense that it's not like a one-to-one comparison. It's like now, today's like African or black, today's black rappers aren't just making music for black people. Today's exactly. white rappers aren't just making music for white people. Exactly. Right, and so I guess that kind of goes with the more, I guess, interpolation of races into America. Um, that That's definitely would go like, against segregation in a sense because like now it's not just like white people doing things for white people black people doing things for black people now people are doing things for people in a sense and I guess like maybe that shift 
is something that isn't internally like realized. And that might be why um, old heads have their misgivings. But I do also think that um, when you take something that was so incredibly like segregated and then like desegregated, there there is like a fundamental understanding. Like everyone has to be on like that same page. Like okay, we're doing this differently now. And I guess like not everyone was on that page. And so the question then becomes like would it be possible for that page to turn? To fully turn? Yeah. Everyone's on board? I'm not sure it's going to be possible. I don't think it would be possible either. I think that some people would be like, well, this is how it is. This yeah. is how it should be. And I think that's like the predominant, like, because when it comes down to it, people don't really like change. Yeah. In a sense, like, and, and that can be applied to like any capacity, not just music. And so um, when it comes to like rap specifically, when there's change, people are going to dislike it. For example, um, I remember, this is fairly crass, but Lil Dicky. Um, I, when I have listened to some of his music and it would seem that it's fairly comedic yeah, in nature. Yeah. It has a lot of puns in it. And like, that is a very large like detraction from what you would if you were looking at it like at a glance what rap is like it's not very it's not puns for the sake of comedy it's puns to like like, enhance your thinking or like shift your perspective on a topic by making a metaphor and so I think that kind of when you are able to take humor out of it it's somewhat trivialized sorry trivializes it in a sense and that might also make people a bit perturbed when they look at it it's like well what are you doing with our perfectly good art form you're making you're literally making a joke out of it it's like that's not cool yeah and there's a lot of people that are that'll call Dicky Coin you know because of the stuff he does I'm not a big fan of the music I've heard a lot of his songs but I mean you gotta you gotta give him credit for what he's doing it's it's not it's not something that's like easy to do it's it's definitely requires time so Right, right my opinion, if it requires talent, you know, no need to hate on it. For me, in my, that's in my opinion, but of course not everyone agrees with that. Not everyone wants to like stuff just because it requires talent. They want to hear something that they like, so. Yeah. And so that, that was another thing that I wanted to point out in your original series, uh, kind of. Yeah. And it comes to, um, like, music that just makes you want to, I guess, get hype, in a yeah. sense. Um, what exactly do you look for? Like, like, are you looking for a specific like pattern of music? Are you looking for just loud noises in a sense? Like, what is that hype? Um, if you would define it, I wanna I wanna use an example of an artist. Uh, he passed away just recently. Mm-hmm. Uh, Pop Smoke. Uh, he was he was blowing up in New York a lot. You know, playing they're playing all over the clubs. You know, and it's something. It's just something about the beat. The beats are just heavy, hard hitting bass. Like something you can just nod your head to. The lyrics, they're not they're not really like deep introspective lyrics, like they're more like, oh look at my look at my wrist, look at like you know, stuff just bragging. Mm-hmm. Stuff like that. That type of stuff. I mean, it's not the best thing in the world. Do you think it's just like it's something that is like very topical and easy to relate to? Exactly. It's something like they can latch on to exactly. like easily. You think that might be like a physiological thing in the sense that like people are just when like there's heavy kind of drum beats if it's not threatening then it's appealing in a sense i guess so because it seems to be appealing to 
right, most right. of the population. And then, like, also, we can, if you look at it historically, there's been, like, a lot of um, times in which, like, loud, aggressive, generally more vibrant um, yeah. playing of, like, dr- not only just drums, but other instruments, like flutes and saxophones, are meant to um, connotate an emotion of high, high-end emotion. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like, um, it could be used to express uh, enlarged, um, a, a large amount of height, hype yeah. or happiness. Mm-hmm. Um, it could be used to enlarge a sense of fear as well. Um, it's interesting to see how like happiness and fear are like, very intertwined. But to stay on the subject, I think that that has found its way into rap just by the sense of history, not necessarily repeating itself, but yeah. um, taking inspiration. From like rock, you know, genres that have been around longer. But yeah, especially rock. Rock is like the main influence, I guess, for hip-hop. But really? Yeah. Um, you won't hear it as much, but definitely in like, I guess, song structure, um, lyrically, the way they do their stuff um, is usually pretty similar to most rock songs, but like, as you can see, like, um, over the years, over the decades, rock has, as it, it used to be the, the main genre, like, everyone used to listen to rock, like Nirvana, bands like that. Mm-hmm. It has gone down, and in its place, hip-hop, R&B, state its place. Pop okay. music, as you could say, has also taken its place. It's also very successful. So there's been, like, an ebb and flow to it. Yeah. It's, it's interesting, though. Yeah. Yeah, it's definitely. And so, as we kind of... Um, touched on this but to focus more into it the kind of perspective that you have when you're like listening um, to music because for me at least there's a very large gap between like rock and R&B I've never like and that's why um, when you said it took me by surprise I never really thought about the similarities but when you think about it it, I would say that most um, if not all except for like the few outliers of rock and R&B and rap are recorded in 4-4 time. Exactly. Four, right. That's a, that's something I, would have, I was about to get to. Like, 4-4 time is very commonly used, and it's, mm-hmm. it's in rap, there's only, like, I'm not sure there's, for all the Billboard hits that songs have gone on, like, the top, the Hot 100 songs, mm-hmm. I think there's only been about two rap songs in history that were not written in 4-4. Yeah. Which is pretty crazy to me. Like, there's only been two ever. <laughs> and that one of them is, I think, Outcast Hey Yeah, which is like one of my favorite songs of all time. And Do you know the time signature for that? Uh, I think it's 2 4. 2 4. Or something. It might be 4. I'm not sure. But mm-hmm. it's some weird pattern. But like, I, I forgot, I, I'm not sure about the other one, but I know there's two distinct ones. Yeah. Do you think that like time signature is uh, like one of the easiest ways when it comes to the textbook form of music and of course by textbook I mean like the people who uh, wrote down like okay this is what a quarter note looks like this is what a whole this is how long the whole note is like in terms of music theory um, I do think that time signature is I guess like the easiest way to break into it but because everything is recorded in four four times it's kind of hard like when something isn't in four four time to hear it that's true right because like I don't like because you think you start thinking in 4-4 time and so yeah. like when you hear a music track that isn't in 4-4 you'll pick up the beat and then you'll be off and you're like wait hold on yeah um, I've never been able to like really get down and lock in like how exactly to get 4-4 time I always have to have someone else like tell me what it is someone who's more musically uh, inclined but um, 
because to me it's like yeah I just can't I just can't and I would say that a lot of society what I think would be a very interesting um, project to do is if you were to get people um, just like a good sample of just regular civilian citizens who aren't the most musically adept or trained and then like see if they can guess what time signature it is and see how many times to say 4-4 as opposed to literally anything else yeah I mean even like the song that I talked about hey yeah I didn't know that wasn't a 4-4 yeah I mean either that's news to me (laughs) so council had to come and tell me that I listened I was like oh wow sounds kind of I mean I guess it's because like someone told me like I didn't I never even realized it like by myself someone had to come and tell me so Mm -hmm. Me, like, I guess hearing it after someone told me, maybe that's because they told me more than I actually heard it, but yeah, I started actually, like, I guess hearing it, you know, yeah, that, yeah, yeah, because, like, then, like, when you listen to it, now you know, there's make like that switch, yeah, it's like, okay, well, now I gotta think about this differently, exactly. Um, I wonder, like, that makes me think about all the other like switches that um, musicians, uh, on an entire scale, like, of just all genres put into their, um. Who's like, for example, speaking about EDM, um, one of the most like ubiquitous genres in the EDM is just dubstep. Like, everyone knows dubstep. It was super popular back in 2011, 2012. That's actually when it like, yeah, like, launched into popularity. Yeah, Deadmau5, Deadma, Deadma Deadmau5, yeah, <laughs> Skrillex, um, Kill the Noise, Osla, um, uh, Zomboy, Spaghetti. <laughs> I. Mm. I can't remember. I'm not too well. Yeah, I mean, like, no house because like the the thing with dubstep is I always remember like the how the song goes. I'm about to get into this in a bit, but I always remember how the song goes as opposed to the artist. Like, I can tell you there's a difference between like a spagheti. That was was, that's what I was looking for. The difference between a spagheti track and excision, or the the difference between excision and that sick, based off of like how they organize their sound. But um, there's also like. Lost my train of thought. Never mind. <laughs> but um, what I was saying was, dubstep was definitely like catalyzed and propelled into uh, popularity. I would say in like 2011, 2012, specifically with Skrillex, with Skrillex's first of the year Equinox. It's the one that was like, "Call 911 now," and there's like a big drop. Yeah, everyone's heard it, yeah. but like no one can no no one knows what the name is uh-huh. because like when it comes to dubstep, like you're not really looking for lyrics. Yeah, that's because there are none. Um, it's more like it's definitely more just for the I guess the artist to show up or display their talent yeah, yeah. making the beat itself more than yeah. there's really any lyrics there's definitely like a sense of a demonstration of technological marvels like look yeah. at all the cool stuff I did with a computer in fact um, there was a pretty dramatic um, debate within the music community for a bit uh, I'm pretty sure it's settled now I'm not sure though mm-hmm. that EDM, dubstep, trip hop, glitch hop, trap, um, and a lot of other um, EDM genres in general. Um, EDM, of course, stands for electronic dance music because of the fact that it was made by a computer that it didn't require actual talent as opposed to like an uh, instrument. And I think that's... um, (laughs) This might be an old head argument, actually. (laughs) Because like when... If you think about it like... In the days of yore, we didn't have machines to make music for us. You had to like literally carve out holes into a hollow stick, and now you have a flute. Um, I guess like that transition from a something so like had that something that had to be manufactured to something else that had to be manufactured. Um, I guess 
it's hard to explain. Something that was crafted that you have to use your body in like, hmm. No, because you have, yeah, the, there's more labor to play a saxophone than it is to synthesize something. Of course. Uh, I, I guess that's the best way to sum that up. Mm-hmm. Um, I guess like that delta in labor is what has caused people to say, oh, well, that's not real work. All you're doing is pressing buttons on a computer. And then, like, and then also there's the fact of how, like, different EDM is to any other genre. Because EDM, I believe, uh, don't cite me on this, uh, started out around the 1960s? <laughs> yeah, yeah, I really want to have a... I know that house started... House started in 1960, so it might have been a bit before that, but um, it started around like the 1960s, and this was with the rise of uh, of machines because now you have like drum machines, which is actually used a lot in in hip hop and rap. Yeah, Um, Grandmaster Flash, exactly. um, The like I believe is originator of beatbox, right? He's one of them. Yeah, like most drum machines were like based off of what he was doing, Um, but like there was a rise in stuff like that like drum machines and also synthesizers and with that came like people started to push the boundaries when it came to what music um they were making because like okay well now we're gonna i'm gonna take this and i'm gonna make something with it. i'm gonna apply my creativity and i think like at a most basic level that's kind of what you're looking for when it comes to music not necessarily like how much labor you had to put into yeah. creating it more so the creativity that goes into it like um Saying that EDM producers don't have now that's ridiculous. Yeah. Like, because a lot of people in the music community will, I think they'll agree with me when I say this that EDM producers are probably the most talented in any genre, honestly, for what they have to do. Yeah. Um, like for shows and all that stuff. Yeah. Even just making the music itself. Like, Especially like being a DJ disc jockey. Exactly. Like that's some insane. Like hip hop, you just play the instrumental on there, just start playing, and the guy can start rapping. It's not that difficult. To yeah. Sure. It's but like something like EDM. You're gonna have to like actually like. I don't know how to like the terms or anything because like I'm not too much of an EDM guy, but like you, you have to make sure all the everything's equalized. You have to like control the volume level of all the different tracks that you have going on. Yeah. Um, tracks, of course, each of those would usually correspond to a separate instrument, and then um, you have to figure out what you're going to amplify and when. And also, if you're DJing, uh, like scratching that, that is yeah, like just thinking about it yeah. is it, because you're taking a it's not a CD, but a um, a vinyl? Uh, yeah, a vinyl record and like pl- moving it such that it is played incorrectly. Yeah. And then re- letting it play. And you're doing that like in rhythm. Yeah. And so like being able to like splice that into a song and then have it like go over smoothly, like would definitely take some practice. And even and during a live show too, like in right. hip hop, in like early days, I guess like guys like Dr. Dre and Rizza, you know, produced for Rutan, please produce for Rutan. Um, they, they did do that. Um, with the vinyls but it wasn't live you know mm-hmm. it was like in their basement they're recording the song they're mastering it they just you know that's something that you can do multiple times to get it right exactly uh-huh. but EDM you have to do exactly right the first time because you're, you're live right you're right, right. if you screw up everyone's going to hear exactly. it exactly yeah and I think like another thing that gets people kind of tripped up in the sense of like they see EDM as kind of pointless is how like egregiously loud it is because like I, I will agree it is it's it's very loud mm-hmm. and I, I lot to a lot of people it would seem like it's just noise it's literally yeah. it's just noise but that kind of 
brings into question what exactly is music because like how far away can you go from music before it is literally just noise and so like I, I would ask you that question what do you think would can't be music white noise white noise right right I can't I would say that's a good baseline for everyone like white noise is something that's not music and so if you come at it from that perspective then dubstep is most definitely music exactly. and despite like the loud noises it kind of takes that hype that you were talking about the songs that get you hype and it just it's just more hype like I've seen a lot of music festivals yeah um, they, yeah, they they get um they get into it. Yeah, they get into it. Um, <laughs> they do that with rock and R and B as well. They just yeah. get into it differently. Exactly. And that is simply just a difference in culture, a difference in genre. Um, I think that when it comes to comparing stuff like EDM to rap or like rap to country, yeah. um, like you have to come into basis that like it's different strokes for <laughs> literally different folks. I mean. I personally don't like country. I really don't. I don't. I don't like country. I, I think that I wouldn't say that country isn't music. I just, I just don't. I don't get it. Yeah. Um. I. I don't want to sound. I don't want to sound hater, but like, I don't think it really takes that much to work. Like, of course. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's, it's an instrument. At, at the end of the day, you gotta learn to play it. But right. at, at the end of the day, for me, something like hip hop takes a lot more creativity than some like a country. Like the way the song structures work in, in country. Not as ambitious as like some of the greatest works in hip hop. Like, mm-hmm. um, I'll get an example like Kendrick Lamar's Pimple, Pimple Butterfly. Like, some of the stuff on there is just so crazy. Like, you wouldn't even dream that's even possible on a hip hop record, but he's yeah. able to do it. Mm-hmm. But some like, I've never heard anything like crazy out, out of this world come from country. Like, I got asked country fans, like, name me classic country albums. And it's like, there's not really that many. Mm. And it's not like, it's not like it's a brand new genre or something. Like, it'd be difficult. Like, it's a genre that's been around longer than hip-hop. Yeah. But hip-hop, you know, any classic hip-hop albums, you got uh, 36 Chambers by Routine, uh, Elmatic by Nas, uh, Dark Pacific Fantasy by Kanye. You know, there's right. a, a long, long, long list. But I'm not, I don't want to knock the genre or like, seem like a hater, but it's just, it just doesn't seem like it's... And then, like, again, we also have to understand that, like, seeing as that rap and like R&B again are racially had racial origins at least Um, given that I think that there was kind of that helped it to become a bit more popular because like if it was made by a group of people to be related to by a group of people then of course like there's going to be a lot of back and forth there there's going to be a lot of people listening and a lot of people creating Um, if country music I'm not entirely sure if it was that racially t- I can't say that with authority at all um, but given how that back and forth isn't necessarily there because like there's people creating it but like how many people are listening to it per se I think that country music might um, from a basic perspective is just again like people expressing and I do think that country music I will say this is a bit better at getting pure emotion now. I think that like if you listen to a country song, you can like top down and one go describe exactly how that person was feeling when they made it. A rap song, you're going to have to listen to it a couple of times. A EDM song, you have to listen to it even more (laughs) because there's no lyrics. Um, I think that country music is like maybe like the apex of like emotionally like 
not venting, but like a bit emotionally speaking to an audience. I want to argue that say I think it'd be R and B instead because you know um, I'd say genres that are more lyrically dense, like rap, you know, some case the rock. It, I mean, you can't. You can see the emotion, but it's a bit more difficult because it's so so many words, so many like uh, I want to say like metaphors and stuff. Mm. And you have to break down. You know, there's a lot of YouTube channels out there out there that like break down individual rap songs. Yeah, it's so like that's their job. To exactly. Yeah. But like you can see that there's almost no no YouTube channels dissecting countries. Exactly. It's something that you can, you can because use. you can get it. Yeah. Like, and that's that's my point. It's like because that's why it's so emo- emotionally like. It's so adequate for expressing emotions because you can get it in one shot. As a, and like I understand that like with rap and R and B being so lyrically dense, like there would it would seem that there's more there yeah. per se. I guess and that might be your argument in the sense that like there there the first listen is just the tip of the iceberg. Where with country music you can see the entire glacier. Yeah. Um, but at that point. I, I think it might be like an apples to oranges argument. Yeah. Honestly. Definitely. And like that might <laughs> recursively define like this entire conversation. We've just been comparing apples to oranges. But I do think that these comparisons are important because it can help us get a better understanding of the stuff that we like to listen to. I think that it's extremely important that we like talk about not just specifically like um, well, he said the with a little bit of like twing to it, so yeah. I might mean this, but I think it's important to talk about just like the music that we like so that we can understand why we like it. Because I think that um, going back to rap, I think a lot of people just listen to rap because that's what people listen to. Yeah, there's a lot, definitely a lot of people that just like only artists they know is Drake. You know, mm-hmm. Drake's always top in the billboard. They're only going to listen to Drake because it's because everyone else listens to Drake. Like, right, exactly. Don't really want to form their own opinion. Yeah. Actually, find the artists that they actually enjoy, not something that mm-hmm. your friend enjoys, but like a group of people enjoy. Yeah, and then of course there's also the point that like the music that you're into, it might may or may not be a mirror into what kind of person you are. Yeah. And like that's like a whole other can of worms because it's like you can't really ever assume that a certain person is going to act a certain way because they listen to a certain type of music like if someone listens to hype music all the time they can listen to it for a couple of weeks they might listen to it because they're just generally a hype person or they might listen to it because they're not a hype person and they need to get hype there's there's so many like intricacies with why people listen to what they listen to that me personally I would think that someone's music taste is not a good indicator of what kind of person they are yeah yes. I mean it does depend because yeah, as you said, in some cases, it is. It does turn out to be true. And that would, like, well, not to cut you off, but yeah. that will, yeah, to cut you off. <laughs> um, and that would be, like, even more exacerbated when, as time goes on, and as people's music tastes become more and more diverse, as the genres start to borrow more and more from each other. Yeah. Um, I like to call it Old Town Road by Lil Nas X. Oh, it's yeah. literally just. A a, country, a very yeah. country beat, and he just started rapping over it, and it, yeah. it, it. Of course, that might be attributed to a, a good sense of marketing entrepreneurship, but I digress. Yeah. But back to what you were saying. I mean, um, I got cat. I was like, I can't remember what I was gonna say. Uh, <laughs> sorry, uh, sorry. Uh, I guess overall, rap music. It depends because there's, there's albums. There's always gonna be specific topics that. That do like apply to you. Well, when you find, like uh, go deep into a genre, mm-hmm. you'll find albums that 
most of the time you'll find albums that do, in a way, they affect you, like they'll represent you in a way. Like, there's some albums in hip hop that, I could probably give you a list of albums in hip hop that, yeah, like, if they, you only listen to them, you'd have a good sense of who you are. It's a, yeah, that's okay. that's a, that's a perfect way to put it. Like, if if you listen to those albums, you probably know a lot better than who I actually am. So like something like that. Um, it just depends on how deep you go in the genre, obviously. To me, okay. Because like I think in rock, you probably find some albums that do define you in a way. Do you think you'd be able to find some albums that define you if you went into country music? <laughs> <laughs> that, that's, I'm not sure about that, but. I mean, possibly. It's all, anything's possible, but yeah. I, I'm not 100% sure. <laughs> you wouldn't put your money on it? I wouldn't put my yeah. on I think one thing that might put a wrench into that, though, is how two different people could interpret the same song. That's true. That is true. Yeah. I think that um, this goes back to like the hype person listening to hype music, um, non-hype person listening to hype music. Like, I do think that depending on your emotional state, when you come across the track, that definitely um, influences how you listen to it. Yeah. Um, and I think that that will kind of, that first initial listen, um, if you're not coming at a place of neutrality, uh, for example, like if you listening to a Kanye song, since you're like such a large fan of Kanye, you're automatically going to think like, yeah, this is going to slap, this is going to hit. I mean, uh, it depends. The way I go into music, um, I usually just go to Clean Slate. Like, I think that's the way to go. Yeah, so like Kanye's recent album, Jesus King, uh, I went to the Clean Slate and wasn't that good to me. <laughs> wasn't very good. It's probably the worst album he's ever made. But, oh my. Yeah, but I mean, it is Kanye. I'm always gonna, I'm still going to love Kanye, but right. at the same time, I, I have to criticize when he puts out some like fine stuff, you know? Definitely. And that was definitely not something that I like or enjoyed. But there are people that enjoyed it, you know, mm-hmm. and I can't I can't knock them for enjoying it. Right. And like other people would say that um, Kanye's worst album has already happened. Exactly. A lot of people say it's uh, it's the one that uh, dropped twenty eighteen mm-hmm. called Ye. But I think it's a great album. Mm-hmm. I think every album he's put out is a great album except for that one. But, yeah. yeah, that just can't but just depends on how you see it. Yeah, I think it's interesting, like, that benchmark of just how we evaluate, like, what is good, in a sense. Because it's like, um, if you come across someone who has, like, a specific discography that they enjoy and like, and you think it's all trash, you're going to think they're a trash person. (laughs) You'd be like, oh, wow, this person doesn't have very good music taste. Um, But then, like, you have to realize that there's implicit bias there. It's like, you don't, you can't, like, see behind those glasses that you have on. Yeah. In a sense, I don't understand that. But then um, I'll say, like, there are specific things I look for in a rap song, mm-hmm. or I look for in an R&B song. These are the like my two favorite genres. But like, even a pop song or a rock song, there are specific things I'm gonna look for that make me believe that this is a good track or this is a good album. Like, um, someone said this. Like, this is a perfect way to describe it. Like, music is subjective, but there are objective parts to it. Okay. And and this is how like stuff like like um, flow I guess or rhyme scheme stuff like that that is objective like you can't you can't just think that I guess that this has more rhymes than that because it's like a numerical number like this has a number of rhymes that has a number of rhymes this has more than that but you can it's it's subjective in a way that you can choose which facets you choose to like focus on mm-hmm. which ones that you choose to place as more important than others. Like, I might choose to focus more on production than I do on actual lyrics. 
or I might choose to focus more on how the rapper told the story than how he produced the track or his songwriting ability. Uh-huh. So it just honestly depends on what you see as more important in the track. Definitely. Yeah. Yeah. And I think like taking all of these complexities into account, yeah. It is so incredibly hard to recommend music to anybody, like, ever. Um, there's a lot of times in which, <laughs> um, with my parents, I'll be like, oh, yeah, this track is awesome. And it's like, it's an EDM. This was back when I was a bit younger. So, like, my my, my music tastes were a bit more, like, I guess they're a tad more grounded. Mm-hmm. And, like, because I like to experiment with my music. I, I always like to go out for new things. But, like, when I was younger, I really liked to do it. Like, I would be listening to, like, new albums every day and then like never come back to <laughs> like I remember one time I was in the middle of social studies class I was in like an infected mushrooms album like of course like reading your face like what is that <laughs> I can't tell you because I forgot <laughs> but like of course I would take that and then recommend it to my parents like oh yeah listen this is slaps maybe and my parents of course like given their collective like 80 years of experience listening yeah. to music is like okay yeah. <laughs> you know it's not really I don't want to call them like like uh, boomers or anything that's just that's just the context like that's and, and I, I, I wouldn't call them boomers either it's literally yeah. just like well like this child is trying to tell yeah. me this is good and like this literally doesn't make sense <laughs> yeah definitely yeah I would say that there is um, a bit of of kind of it's endearing to be recommended a piece of music because that means that someone has looked at you and seen like the way you act and like your daily your mannerisms and said that this music would be a good compliment to that yes. and so I, I i do think it's flattering someone like recommends me a piece of music and i go out of my way to try and listen to it but um like there's there's that miasma of like approach, emotional um, placement, what you're looking for in music that has to be considered. And so when you're able to recommend a track that like that person like once in a blue moon actually listens to and they enjoy it and like you start to develop a music sense with them together, Mm -hmm. I think that is something that like is genuinely just amazing. That's true. Something that a lot of people can agree on. But um trying to think of anything else um overall like music does have i'll talk about the effect of music on people yeah. like how music has helped people a lot of people will say like in in the rap community that kid cuddy for example has helped me through a lot of tough times <laughs> so um for me music is just a way for me to you know Escape almost. Okay. Yeah, so yeah. Maybe you're having issues in life. You just put that song on that you love. And you can just think about that for the next three minutes. Go to the next one you love. Yep. Think about that for the next three minutes. And maybe just repeat that song. Just keep going. And that's why I think, in my opinion, I don't know anyone else, you know, I'm not going to state that it's a subjective fact. But right, right. In my opinion, music's probably the greatest thing that's ever been made to me. So. Yeah. And I think that is also a good place to end it. As always, this has been the Quixotic Topic. Thank you for joining me today. Yeah, you <laughs> I mean, not to say your name. I was <laughs> but um, yeah, that's... this is DP yeah. from the QT signing out.